Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 118 of the show. I feel like it's been a long time since I've recorded a show, but I guess it really hasn't. Um, I'm joined this week, as always, uh, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on this week with you, man? Uh, I was thinking about this the past couple of days recording, like you mentioned. It's been a while, and I had to double-check like how long since our last episode was, and it's been a week, and... It feels longer than that. I don't know why. I guess on top of no no competitive games other than um, international games, but um, that that's also been kind of um, emotional here and there with the U.S. specifically. They got a nice win against El Salvador, um, chippy one nil result, and then we obviously had the um, unfortunate loss to Canada, first time, and um, I think a World Cup qualifier. A loss to them uh, first time since 1980 i believe um so yeah it's it's iffy there and now is um the last game for us tonight we got a home game in minnesota against honduras who are the worst performing team in the competition right now i think they've only scored three goals in in um nine nine or ten games so um it's a must-win game we have much more difficult um fixtures next month for the last three qualifiers Mm -hmm. so if we don't get if we get anything other than a a win tonight we're going to be in a really sticky situation come march um with games against costa rica and mexico ahead so um on that front a little little um little serious and a little stressed but sure work's work's been good um i know you've been having issues with your scheduling with work now that you're on school you're starting to get hit with stuff that doesn't work with you generally and you kind of have to just go roll with the punches and deal with that but um that's good and then i guess other than that i'm all right we got soccer indoor soccer still uh we had the weekend off the the high school boys didn't have a game and then um they had to deflate the bubble obviously we had a big snowstorm hit again like uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about that this one was a lot worse um so yeah i mean a lot of things going on in a week um ups and downs but premier league's gonna be back starting this saturday so we can get some some normality back in our lives and um i've been thinking about these predictions and like i I don't know where to go because we had the transfer window closed which is going to be a big topic in today's episode um a lot of teams I shouldn't say a lot of teams. Uh, certain teams made a lot of moves. Other teams didn't do very much, if not anything. Um, so that shows how confident they are in their squad. Um, but yeah, I don't. I have no idea what's going to happen next week with these games. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I have absolutely zero clue what to expect. <laughs> but today, um, we're pretty much just going to do transfer roundup. Um, some clubs have a lot more uh to say than than others um we'll start off at the top of the list a for arsenal fc uh we brought in austin trusty center back from colorado another the colorado rapids are a club that um club owner stan Kroenke owns um so we paid 2.2 mil for him brought him in and let uh Aubameyang, who was on a disgustingly massive uh contract go uh, not on a loan or anything like that, um, but free. We just let him walk for free uh, because Barcelona are in dire straits and can't even register the players that they do have. So that's that's good. It's cool. Um, it's great that, that Arsenal let somebody like that go instead of finding maybe another potential spot for him to land where we could have got at least a little bit of money. Um, but I'm happy that we don't have him on the wage bill because his his wages were were really really high especially for a guy who wasn't playing um arsenal needs to find a striker i i don't think that we have anybody right now um because lacazette's going to leave in the summer he's going to go back to leon that seems to be uh, what everybody's saying um we don't have a guy that can really slot in there maybe martinelli but i i really think he's been great on the left wing so um, I don't really want to see that happening. Arsenal needed to do a lot more, and I think this lack of depth is going to really, really hurt them, actually. This was a terrible, awful transfer window for them. Yeah, I'd, I'd say congrats to Trusty, um, yep. former Philadelphia Union player. Uh-huh. 
Um, he makes a move there, but I think uh, he won't he won't join them until July. So he'll start the season in the MLS um, starting next month. Actually, the MLS is going to kick off. Um, so he's probably in training camp right now in Florida or somewhere, um, as well as Matt Turner from the Revolution, New England Revolution. So two Americans coming in in the summer, which is nice to see get more more European quality out of them. Um, the Aubameyang situation, it was kind of like he just showed up there and was trying to force a move a little bit. Yep. It came down to the, the final hour where um, the, the president for Barcelona had to come out and say, they're, it's still on, we're working things through. Um, he, he obviously took a pay cut from what his Arsenal wages were for Barcelona, like a lot of the other players there did to be registered, um, such as Adama Traore joined, Fernand Torres, and now Aubameyang. So they, they bring in three players from, from Premier League, the Premier League to their side now, and um, Xavi's bringing in a lot of quality into their team. So he's trying to, to get that, that Barcelona dominance back in La Liga, which I think they're a little bit behind in the league table, um, up there with Atleti and Real Madrid. So... It should be interesting on their front. I, I don't know. I think it's a good move with Aubameyang leaving. I think from what I've heard that with the remainder of his contract uh, for what it was, they're saving 25 million pounds, yep. uh, which can go a long way into the summertime where, I, I mean, it's it's a given, like you mentioned, with Lacazette leaving. Um, there were talks of Enketia potentially going to a Newcastle or a West Ham or another club in the Premier League who needs striker reinforcement. So it's it's a given that they will be in the in the market for a striker um, come the summertime, and I think depending on that the quality of that man coming in is going to be where they end up in the table uh, for this season. I think finishing fourth gives them a bigger opportunity to sign somebody of a higher standard. Whereas if they finish in fifth, sixth, seventh, they play in a Europa or Europa League or a Conference League. Um, I don't think they'll have as much negotiation leverage with players. So um, it doesn't help that they didn't bring anybody in. They let they let a couple more players leave than they did have come in. Um, obviously, Maitland Niles left earlier uh, to Roma on loan. Um, Callum Chambers left to Aston Villa on a free. Um, so you're losing depth with a team that has has dealt with injury issues with with tyranny, um, uh, Jaka's suspension. We know Partey is a big injury guy, so it's going to be a struggle to the end of the year. It's a good thing that they aren't in any European competition this year. They're they're out of the um, League Cup. Uh, they only have the FA Cup this weekend, so they have two competitions they're playing in. Um, they cannot afford anybody to get hurt because um, they have to finish top four. That's a given, and uh, we'll get to the other teams later on, obviously. But it's a good thing the other teams around them, their their rivals, didn't enforce, didn't bolster their squads either. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm just I'm just so disappointed. Um, I want to move on because I've just been sad for like days now at this point. Um, okay, Aston Villa bringing in Luca Digne, uh, Callum Chambers, as we mentioned. Coutinho, who's been there and has been registered. Uh, he's played a couple of games for them at this point. And then Robin Olsen, the goalkeeper, the Swedish goalkeeper, came in from AS Roma as well. I think these are all moves that strengthen uh, Villa. Chambers going to be, I would say, mostly a depth option, uh, probably going to be coming off the bench. I think that was fine. And then in terms of losses, uh, Wesley's been sent out. Uh, to Internacional, the uh, Brazilian club. Uh, that's the center forward. Doesn't get a ton of time for them. Anwar El Ghazi uh, loaned out to Everton as well. Um, and then it looks like... Oh, they got rid of Target as well. He is with Newcastle now, correct? Yep, that was a big uh, move on deadline day. We'll talk more about that when we get to Newcastle. But um, obviously bringing in Digne, a top quality proven fullback in the Premier League, it's hard to come by. Um, he's a guy that's been in the high in the assist category for the past few seasons up there with Robertson and, and Trent, which is a nice, nice group to be with. Um, they bring in Coutinho. That shows the pull that Steven Gerrard has um, in the in the world of football. He can bring in top quality guys just from for his stature and reputation from playing. Um, and they have a nice squad. Chambers is, is like a fourth, fifth, 
fifth in the depth charts, I, I think we'd agree on in that team behind Mings, Konza, and um, Courtney Hawes. I think he's right there. Um, Robin Olsen, obviously he's played with Everton in the past, uh, backing up Pickford and uh, Begovic for a little bit. Um, he's a nice signing for them, a little depth there behind Martinez, who's a top-quality goalie. So I think Gerrard's created a nice squad. They have a good balance in the team. Um, I would say th- their holding mid-spot is kind of weak. They only have Douglas Louise there. Um, they can play They can play a John McGinn there at times, but I feel like that's their weakest spot on the pitch right now. Um, and a striker as well. Um, Ings and Watkins aren't popping off. They're not the highest-scoring team in the league, but um, their defense is, is making up for that as a as a counterbalance there. So I think overall, it, uh, Aston Villa was one of the more busier clubs in this window, um, and I think they did a, a very nice job. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, for a team that needed to strengthen things up and, and get some depth uh, on the bench, I would say that was a really, really nice move for them. Brentford. Uh, people they brought in there. We're not going to talk about who they, who they lent out because it really wasn't worth anything. Um, Jonas Lossel, the goalkeeper from Midland coming in, uh, on loan. And then Christian Erickson as well. Uh, who's been, I think he was cut from inter. Uh, yeah. so he transferred in, well, I guess he signed as a free agent really. Um, yep. so they don't have to, they're just paying him his wages. Didn't the club didn't have to spend anything on him. In terms of transferring cash to another club, so uh, that's cool. Uh, we'll see if Erickson um, fits in there. We'll see what he looks like. I mean, I think Brentford probably needed to do more, but I suppose uh, their transfer budget is not necessarily uh, flush. I, I, th- I guess that's probably the word I would use. Yeah, I think they spent most of it in the summertime, like a lot of the other promoted teams did, uh, or the other two, I should say. Um, but I think out of all these teams, Erickson's probably one of the better signings. We know he's well proven in this league. Um, we're harping on points we made in the past window or the past episodes, I should say. But I think overall, he's one of the better signings that they've made, and it it fits the mold of the club. Obviously, we know Wolves. Um, comparing other clubs that have an identity there, a Portuguese-driven club where Brentford we're seeing now is a Danish side, um, Nordic clubs or, or Nordic um, region players come there a lot uh, with obviously the manager being Danish. So I think it's a good fit for him. Um, it's nice to see him back. We Like Evan mentioned in uh, last week's episode or the week before, he hasn't played a competitive match since the Euros where he had that incident, but... they'll have a lot of time for him to train they have a we'll see if he's in action in this fa cup game this weekend that they have um and then they come right back into the gauntlet they play man city um the first game back in the league so it should be interesting to see the amount of time he's given if he's on restricted minutes or not but i think since he's backed medically i think he should be at full strength yeah sure okay let's move on brighton and hove albion uh, really nothing to talk about here. They did bring in uh, Kasper Kozlowski from Pogon Szczecin. That's a, I believe, Polish club. He is a Polish player. They paid 12 million USD for him. Central midfielder, only 18 years old. So he's going to be coming in, and I'm sure learning um, from some of the older guys they have in the midfield there. They also brought in Dennis Undav, a center forward. Uh, from Union SG, uh, a German player. They paid almost 8 mil for him. He's a center forward. So looking for maybe another option. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I think they loaned Kozlowski back out to actually Union SG. Um, and then Undav looks like he was loaned back out as well. So neither of those guys are going to be playing for Brighton immediately. Um, but it seems like maybe the younger guy, the 18-year-old, I'm not familiar with the way that he plays, where he plays, how he plays, um, but I'm sure they're just going to hope that he slots in there um, when some of the older guys move out of the Brighton midfield. Yeah, it seems like he's made uh, six caps for the Polish national team, so at 18 years of age, he's already played international ball at the senior level, which is good, a Great. good sign for Brighton. That's good to bring in players with that type of experience, like a couple other clubs have made, uh, bringing in international repped players. Um, the Undev, the the striker they brought in, it seems like he could be good depth for Mupai and Welbeck. Um, but obviously, we as you mentioned, both of them were loaned out. Um, they they did let Dan Byrne go 
for about $16.5 million to Newcastle. Um, he was a big pain, I'll say, for Lukaku to deal with those two times that we played them. Um, he was good to man-mark players, and he's one of the taller players in the league. So he's a big brute. That'll be a good signing for Newcastle. He has a lot of Premier League experience. He is a uh, from Newcastle, so Newcastle is his boyhood club. So I'm sure that's a dream come true for him. Um, but I think it's a big loss for Brighton because he played a good role for them, uh, especially with um, Lewis Dunk, their captain, out for that long time. But now that he's back, he can kind of fill back that role, um, and it should be interesting to see how this, um, how they do without him, that type of style, because um, he's a big figure piece in how they play defensively. Yeah, that's, that's certainly a loss for, um, for Brighton. Okay, uh, Burnley FC, Wout Weghorst coming in. I mean, Weghorst, one of the guys you just don't ever want to see in your FIFA packs, but constantly see. Twenty-nine-year-old. Um, from the Netherlands, center forward, was playing at Wolfsburg, has been there for quite some time. Burnley paying 15.4 to bring him in. I mean, the guy is, I don't know, he's not fast. Um, I think six six. he's a big bastard, a uh, little bit of a Peter Crouch light, except not as quick as Peter Crouch was, and he wasn't that quick. Um, so I don't know how I feel about this move. Of course, Chris Wood, um, their ex center forward did move out, uh, to Newcastle for 33 mil. So they're getting a replacement who's a year younger and is kind of similar in terms of, of the way he moves on the pitch, um, you know, for, for about half the rate. So I'd say it's probably good business. Their transfer record, they come out 17.6 million ahead, um, but I would have probably liked to see Burnley go for a younger, pacier option. I suppose there wasn't all that much on the table, though. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum there. I think this is a phenomenal signing for them. He's he's a bigger target than Chris Wood. Yeah, uh, six foot six. Very few players in the league are going to be able to match him in the air, um, and that is the definition of Burnley: is crosses whipped into the box. Um, he is proven in the in the Bundesliga playing 118 matches. He has scored 59 and assisted 20. So that's 79 goal contributions in 118 matches over his four years at Wolfsburg. That's a good return um, for a bargain price of 15 mil. He's valued at, I think, 22. So they kind of got him on the low end. And, and like you mentioned, they doubled their money from the Chris Wood money. So yeah. I think all is good there for Burnley. Um, I think this will help them gain more points. Um, and put them that much closer to safety. But like you mentioned, maybe they could have brought in one more player um, for depth, maybe in the central midfield or on the wings. Um, but we still are waiting for Cornet to be back at 100% fitness. Yeah. So he, he brings in that small speedster type of uh, profile. You bring in Weghorst, who's the big man target, um, who will head balls in and will dominate the box on set pieces. Um, you have him, Ben Mee, and James Tarkovsky in the box. That's a that's a menacing trio um, for any type of set piece that teams have to deal with. So it should be interesting these next couple games how he gels into the side. And um, we'll see them back. They'll be the first game um, this Saturday against a Watford side who is a, a rival of theirs when it comes down to the league table. Yeah, should be interesting. Okay, Chelsea. Another quiet one, just like Arsenal, um, except they didn't really send anybody out. Lewis Baker, um, a 26-year-old central midfielder, joined Stoke City from Chelsea for 2.7. Right, well, his market value is 2.7 mil. Uh, the fee was undisclosed, and they didn't bring anybody in. So Matt and I kind of agreed that Chelsea are pretty much solid um, right now in terms of depth, and this really isn't that big of a deal that they didn't bring anybody in. Um, so we'll move on to Crystal Palace. They, of course, brought in Mateta, who you've seen play for them already for $12.1 million from Mainz. And then Luke Plonge, a center forward, came in from Derby as well. He's 19 years old. They loaned him back out to Derby immediately. So um, nothing crazy there. Um, I'll say they, they had a big loss. Um when it came down to Von de Beek, they, yeah, them and Everton, who we're getting to next, who's probably one of the more active clubs in this window, were uh, vying for his signature, and I think that's a big loss for them. But um, he can, he, he, he would have been great in that middle there. It could have been Gallagher, 
um, Van de Beek and um, Kuyate. That could have been a nice little trio for them in there. But um, that Mateta deal, it just they just made his loan deal permanent on that. They just bought him uh, with that buy option, I think. But he's he's provided good coverage for um, those AFCON players that have been out over the past couple weeks. So I think it's a decent move for him. He's earned that. Um, and yeah, I think Palace is in an, a decent. I think they've done enough business over the summer to be um, comfortable to stay in the league. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think they've done done pretty much just enough. Um, they definitely do need work in terms of a coaching sense, but hopefully Frank will be able to do that for them. We'll move on to them. Uh, Vitaly Mikolenko coming in from Dynamo Kiev, um, a left back. So I actually didn't even know this happened. When did that happen? Yeah, it must have been on um, deadline, deadline day? day or the day before, but... Yeah, he's played his whole career for yeah, Kiev. For Kiev. He, he's gone through the ranks of the youth academy, and That'd be so all right. he, he's going to fill in for Luca Dean. Obviously, that's a big move for him. Um, we'll see if he can get acclimated right away. We talked about Nate Peterson coming from Rangers. Um, El Ghazi, you mentioned from Villa, he's in there now, and then uh, we mentioned the Van de Beek, and as well as Deli Ali, who was mentioned by Frank Lampard, obviously, on deadline day. He signed as the new manager. Um, so Frank steps up back into the Premier League. Um, this time he's rocking. He's rocking blue again, but this time in Merseyside. Yep. So that should be interesting. I looked at the calendar, and he does play Chelsea the end of April. So he will be playing us again. That should be interesting to see how he does. But um, in the immediate future, they, they come up against Newcastle right away. And... Um, Frank always was a big fan from Deli Alley, and I think he can kind of resurrect his career a little bit. And I, I kind of, what in my mind, I kind of see Deli Alley and Frank's partnership going how uh, Mason Mounts was with Frank at Derby. Um, that was like his go-to guy when it came down to attacking things. Um, Deli's played majority of his time, especially when he was um, playing well and successfully as like a shadow striker behind Kane. Um, he could probably do that here with DCL, obviously not the same type of player as Harry Kane, but I think he's got enough supporting players around him, like, uh, Damari Gray, uh, an experienced Andrews Townsend, um, Alan Decore, and now Donny Van de Beek behind him. I think there's enough supportive, um, roles around him for him to succeed. So, um, I think Everton did decent enough business to keep them in the league and get away from that relegation scrap. But we'll have to see in the these next couple games because they they are must win games against Newcastle and um, um, other teams around them. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on. Uh, Leeds. Nobody Nothing. in. Cody <laughs> Drama out uh, to Cardiff on loan. Leicester City. Nobody in. Philip Benkovic out on loan. Uh, actually, that was a free to uh, Udinese, so he's out as well. Liverpool, not a lot done. Luis, Luis Diaz comes in um, from Porto for $44 million. He's a left winger. That is a great signing for them. Um, Nat Phillips out, the center back, the young center back, um, out to Bournemouth on loan, and then Nico Williams, the right back, out to Fulham on loan. Both of those really good moves um, in terms of development, I think. Uh, and Liverpool shouldn't miss them, barring a collapse in uh, health back there in their back line. Um, they're going to have to hope that, that nothing happens because those guys have been used. Um, you know, they've, they've been used this season even when, when things were, were stressed because of COVID and injuries. So they have to hope that that doesn't happen again. Uh, the Luis Diaz, or the Luis Diaz signing, I think, is excellent business. Only forty-four million for him. He's twenty-five, hasn't really reached his prime yet, um, and is extremely talented. They were looking at another player from Porto. I, his name is escaping me right now. It didn't get done. Um, but or was that the Fulham guy they were looking at? Yeah, the Jao uh, something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, from nineteen-year-old Portuguese player. Yeah, yeah it didn't cross the line i think it was coming down to um him be they were gonna buy him and then loan him back to follow yes for the remainder of the year but they just couldn't get all the details the, paper, the paperwork wasn't submitted in time they said so it seemed like the deal had been agreed and that it will go through in the summer but they couldn't get things in in time which is not great um so yeah 
What's up? Yeah, I'll say the the Diaz thing. They they the, uh, Klopp's been looking at him for a little while now. They played him twice in the group stage of the Champions League this this season in the fall, and um, he got a good look at him and liked what he saw. And they were going to save him for the summertime. He was going to be their number one look. Yep. Um, but Tottenham obviously wanted to make a move in on him, and Porto let Liverpool know that um, he's in talks with Tottenham and and might maybe make a move there. Um, so they had to jump the gun there and just splurge some money on him. And I mean, it's one of those things. He's around that price range that they bought, brought Mane in for. They brought Salah in for, Jota in for. Um, and if he develops right under Klopp's tutelage and the Liverpool way, um, he can obviously shoot up that market value if they need to sell him on in the future. Certainly. Yeah. So good moves for Liverpool. We'll move on to Manchester City, who actually only brought it brought in one player, Julian Alvarez, who I've heard nothing but sensational things about. Young guy, 22, Argentinian center forward from River Plate. They loaned him right back out so he can continue to play in the side where he's grown. Um, I think that's probably a great business. He's a traditional number nine, probably going to be utilized um, soon enough. And look at their last Argentinian striker. Um, one of the best Premier League strikers I've ever had the pleasure of watching. So uh, they can only hope that it'll pan out the same way. I think that's a tremendous move. Only paying 18.7 mil for him is great business. River Plate known for their excellent player development as well. So um, that's a really nice move for them. Out, of course, Ferran Torres went to Barcelona for 60.5 mil. So much for such a young, unproven talent, I think. Um, Pat Roberts out, Philippe Sandler out, Eric Palmer Brown out, uh, Alvarez loaned back out, which I told you guys. And then, um, that Luca Illich guy, uh, he has been loaned out to Troy's. He's a 22 year old Serbian attacking midfielder, uh, or was, he wasn't loaned out. He was sold. Um, and I've heard his name, um, in a few people's mouths as well. I, I, I don't have a ton to tell you about him, but, uh, he is now gone. Yeah, uh, that Alvarez they said won won uh, the Player of the Year in yes, South America. He so he's a highly highly proven guy in South America. But it'll be interesting to see if he has the same sort of impact that Jesus did when he originally came to Man City three four years ago. Um, and I mean they already have a stacked attack, so it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the side. Maybe they loan him out uh, again next year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with him because he obviously is a center forward. So I don't know. And we don't know how long Pep's going to be there. He's obviously looking to leave within the next couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Manchester United, nobody new in. Uh, well, no, actually one person in. Uh, Mason Greenwood in prison. Uh, arrested and then arrested again. Uh, for it seems like raping. It seems like rape to me, pretty much. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the evidence. Uh, I, I'd be willing to, to pretty much say uh, not looking great for him. We've seen those. Oh, you li- I lost you. You're lying down. Um, FIFA's removed him from... from oh, you get my back? I have you Hello? back now. Yes, I have you back. Oh, apologies. That's um, all right. Yeah, they they removed him from the video game FIFA, so he's completely out of the game. Uh, we talked about sponsors, and so Nike pulled out yep. um, all the other sponsors he's had. So uh, his career, for the time being, is indefinitely done. Yeah, um, which is is sad to see because the, he was such a highly highly expected talent uh, to do very good things, and um, it's it just shows you how, what like one incident can change your whole life, and um, you need to stay on the right path. So. Uh, uh, it's really sad to see, but um, you get what you deserve. Um, Other exits, we saw uh, Martial leaving for Sevilla on loan. Uh, Diallo goes to Rangers, um, and obviously Van de Beek, and they sent Twanzebe out on loan again, this time to Napoli, um, after not doing so well at Aston Villa. So, I mean, I I want to ask about this later, but, I mean, Man U, out of all the teams thinned out their squad the most they have even less players now um especially in the attack front so it'll be interesting to see (laughs) what they can do um and we saw lingard was 
had talks with Newcastle and West Ham, but the club didn't want to let him go. Um, obviously, now we know after letting three players in his position leave now, uh, whether it was to another club or to jail, um, they need him now. So it'll be interesting to see how much playing time he gets the remainder of the season. I'd be curious to see it as well. Uh, I think the the Van de Beek move to to Everton is going to be so good for Van de Beek's career. He's still so young, um, and the Diallo thing is great too. I think both of those guys have so much to offer. And honestly, United are a complete clown show for letting either of them go out. Um, I think Diallo they're going to need because Greenwood's not playing anymore. Um, hopefully, never plays again. Honestly. And uh, Van de Beek, you know, I, I think this entire time they paid they paid a, a relatively decent amount for him, and then just never used him. Um, and I think he has a ton of talent, so I think these are good moves um, for for Diallo and Van de Beek's careers. And we'll have to see. Um, but United, like you said, really thinned out their squad. Okay, Newcastle. This is where a lot of business was done. Bringing in Bruno Guimaraes uh, from Lyon for $46.3 million. This was after it stalled a few times, and Arsenal were supposedly asking. Uh, of course, we didn't get him. Uh, Chris Wood, he came in as well for 33 Kieran Trippier in, in from uh, Atletico Madrid for 16.5. Dan Byrne in from Brighton for 16.5 as well. And then Matt Target in on loan from Aston Villa. I think these are all fantastic moves. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the Chris Wood one. I don't know. No, not how... that one. You're right. That one sucks. Yeah, I don't know about that one. We'll see what happens when Callum Wilson comes back later this month from injury, how he works into the side. Yeah. Um, but I th- obviously, I think the bargain of the market uh, was Bruno. Bruno Gomez. I'll just call him BG. Yep. Um, I think BG was probably the best signing. He's a, in the Brazil national team. He'll probably be going to the World Cup, depending on if Newcastle can stay in the Premier League or not. Um. Trippier, we already know from the beginning of the of the of the window, was a great signing um, at fullback, and we'd said Dan Byrne target already. So they reassured their back line. They, you pretty much could say they have a full new back line. All they're all English now. If you think about it, you got Trippier, Byrne, Lascelles, and Target. So it's a full English back line. Um, Chris Woods, I don't know. It's it's iffy because. You have St. Max and Willock and all these guys that are decent with their feet and can create a lot of things on the ground where Chris Wood isn't very well known for his foot skills. Um, He's only known for his head. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what he does, but I don't know. It should be interesting. I know nothing. I've never seen uh, this Bruno Bruno Grimara's play. He's nothing solid. but high regards. He's a deep line playmaker who's going to pick out passes. So, if he's anything similar to how John Joe Selvi picks out passes, I think they'll be in a very good spot going forward. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Longstaff, also, who I've been a hater of, is gone. He left. Uh, he's on. Oh, I think that's. I think that's his brothers too. Yeah, they're Sean. And, they're Sean, Sean and, and Matt. Maddie. Yeah, and Maddie's out uh, to Mansfield Town, which is like third tier i think yeah third uh, or fourth yeah so i mean well they also they also left jeff jeff hedrick go to qpr who club transfer record so they, they let him go to qpr but obviously bruno guimaras is now their their highest i think yes okay um norwich letting a ton of guys go out on loan i mean i don't todd cantwell out kind of surprised to let him go out on loan to to bournemouth uh, he has a relatively high transfer market, twenty-two point or twenty-two million. I I thought maybe they would keep him, so that was a little bit surprising to see him get loaned out to Bournemouth. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Nobody in for Norwich who I figured would try and do something. It's it's really not great. I think they just spend all their money in the summer. They brought in like twelve players for almost ninety million dollars. So yeah. I think they spent all that promotion money, but yeah, I think Todd Cantwell is a big steal for Bournemouth. We for saw sure. Bournemouth, Bournemouth and uh, Fulham cleaned up in the in the loan market, um, bringing in a lot of these these top club uh, pro- top p- prospects from these top tier teams. Um, and both of those clubs are shooting for promotion this year to come back into the Premier League. Bournemouth, it's been a couple years. Uh, Fulham, right there with Norwich in the 
the the rubber band clubs going up and back every other year. Yep. Um, so I think it's good business for those championship clubs. Uh, for Norwich, I, I think it's a big L. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Okay, uh, Southampton bringing in one player, Willie Caballero. Oh, yeah. Uh, big Willie back in uh, with a Premier League club getting, uh, I guess, he is he well, the second or third stringer there? Well, I, I, they brought him in at the beginning of the window because both of the first two choices were hurt. So he right. made like two or three appearances. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the season unless uh, an emer- a crisis happens. But yeah, I, I think I think he's just there to fill 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 the void. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, um, they let Landulu and Sam McQueen go as well. Uh, Sam McQueen, twenty six. 26 Jesus. retired at age 26 how about that okay tottenham bringing in rodrigo bensoncourt uh from juve for 20.9 mil and Dayan kulisevsky in from juve as well the loan fee was 11 mil for that one swedish national right winger he's he's capable of playing striker as well looks good in uh, the Euro, and I think is a really, really good move for Tottenham at just age 21. Um, having a guy that can kind of fill in, you know, on the right or the left or playing striker, especially in a side where you have relatively, um, not relatively, essentially no depth uh, up top. I think that's a great move. And of course, they let a lot, a lot of guys go. Uh, Brian Hill, the left winger uh, that they paid a lot for. Uh, out on loan to Valencia. Lo Celso out on loan to Villarreal. Deli Alley, uh, a free to Everton, as we talked about. Jack Clark out on loan to Sunderland. And Tangi uh, and Domble, who they paid a fuck ton to buy from Lyon, has been loaned back to Lyon and will now probably be purchased again by Lyon in the summertime. So Tottenham kind of getting washed here in this window uh, 30.34 mil in the red for them. But I think the two people they brought in, uh, were good moves for sure. Yeah. I think in, in the end on one, I think it's a loan to buy option. I yeah. think the, the price is at like 55 million. It so is. they, they paid 66 million. He's a club record fee, um, back in 2019. So they're going to get, uh, and it was from Lyon. So they should get a bunch of the money back there. Um, highly touted player, the the Giovanni Lasoso to Villarreal um, and Brian Gill. We're starting to see the type of players that Conte's been talking about. That he just doesn't see a future in the team in his team. So as well as Deli Ali, um, and they're saying the Deli Ali move could rise up to forty million pounds, um, depending on if he plays twenty matches and goals and all that. So I think Tottenham will make money back on these players. Um, I think Frank's going to use Delhi a lot, so I think they'll definitely get money back for him. Um, Kluzevsky, I think he's he's been backed by Ronaldo um, from his time at Juve, um, so I think that's a good signing for him. Uh, he'll definitely be up there with Son and um, Harry Kane. He'll be battling Lucas for that spot out there. Um, and then Bentacor is a different type of midfielder for them. I think that's a type of player that they've been missing. Um, Hoiberg, Skip, and Winks all similar. I think Bentacor can be more of a box to box. I think he can be more reliable um, for more assists and, and goal contributions in general. So I don't know if it's going to be enough for Tottenham. I think they've definitely done better than United, Arsenal, and West Ham. We'll get to later. I think they're in a better position overall than those clubs, but. I don't know, more players going out, and we've seen Tottenham, what they've done so far with these team, with these players, um, both staying and have left. It's, it might not be enough. So it's going to be a scrap until the final day to see who gets that final uh, Champions League spot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Watford bringing in quite a few players here, just spending uh, bibs and bobs. Spent about 27.17 in total. Samuel Kalu, Nigerian right winger, coming in from Bordeaux for $6 million. Jasper Asprilla, an attacking midfielder, coming in for $1 million from Envigado. Uh, Hassan Kamara, a Ivory Coast national left back, in for 6.6 from Nice. That's a good move, I think. Uh, Edo Kayembe, a, I think that's uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, DM, in from Kash yeah. Upen. 
uh, for 1.4. Samir, the center, Brazilian center back in from Udinese at 5.5. And then Maduka Okoye, the Nigerian goalkeeper from Sparta. Uh, Rotterdam coming in for 3.3 million. They loaned Okoye, uh, Pontus Dahlberg, the Swedish keeper, Domingos Kina, and Ozan Tufan, who you'll know his name, uh, loaned those guys back out. So uh, a couple decent moves here for Watford. We'll have to see if they pan out. Not a lot of tape on uh, a lot of these guys. Uh, Samuel Kalu, seen a little bit of him. Uh, researched him the other day when I saw that go through, as well as um, Kamara. I think those are just things that may pan out or may not pan out. You never know if a guy's going to be able to live up to uh, Premier League standards, both of those guys coming from France. So we'll see. Um, but I think Watford did what they could with what they had to spend, and I'd rather see a club take some risks than just sit on their haunches and do nothing. So... Uh, we'll see how it pans out, but I think it, it's better to spend the money if you have it. Yeah, and they also have Roy Hodgson as their new manager, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do. I think since the summer, Watford's brought in at least 18 new players into the club. I'm just guessing on the top of my head because they did spend a bunch of money in the summer like Norwich did across the board on players. They didn't spend, uh, I think, more than like $12 million on one player, but... The main purchases, I think, that are important here are the defensive ones. You mentioned Kamara and Samir. I think those can be, I think they can do better than what they've had already. Uh, I think Kamara is a, a big um, increase, or, or what am I, uh, he's a much better player than Danny yeah. Rose. Yeah, he's a big improvement to Danny Rose and um, whoever else they have out there right now. And I don't know, it's, it's more about them. Um, it's more about them being more solidified in the back and not conceding as much because we know King Dennis up front. Uh, they're going to get Sar back. Um, well, who else do they have? I'm forgetting. There's one other player they have attacking-wise. Um, Josh King, who's a good supportive role for those two that others that I named. So I think they have enough to stay up. It just depends on how if their defense can be resilient enough to keep them in games. So and they still haven't kept a clean sheet all year they're the only team across i think the top four tiers in in england they haven't kept a clean sheet so if they can keep a couple clean sheets they'll stay up if it continues they're going down yeah for sure uh all right let's move on west ham not bringing anybody in i thought this was a little bit surprising um but they bring no one in frederick alves center back uh he is danish or yeah he's danish they get rid of him, uh, transferred him to Bronby IF, and then Connor Coventry uh, loaned out to MK Dons. Uh, nothing of note there. Wolverhampton bringing in Chiquinho, uh, Sang Bin Jiang, and Hayo Kawabe. So two signings from Asia, a right winger and a central midfielder. Uh, we talked earlier on this season that they there really wasn't that many Asian players in the league right now. Um, those two guys did get loaned back out, both to a club called Grasshoppers, which I think Switzerland. That's a Swiss club. Um, yeah. So interesting, and they lose, of course, Adama Traore, who's a major part of their identity. So I'd say this this window for Wolves was probably an L. Um, none of these guys are players that I know. I, I think they're in a really good spot on the table right now. Um, but that if they wanted to really secure maybe one of those Europa league spots that they would have spent more, but they didn't. I think, I think they have a strong enough squad to finish in that European position. I think they're doing a fine job and I think it, if this, it, we've seen this, this role model, Model. I think this model of style works for for Bruno Lage, and it's it's proving to earn them results. They're one of the best informed teams right now. Um, it's different now, coming off two weeks of not playing a game. Um, so it should be interesting to see if they pick up where they left off. But I think they're one of the stronger sides right now in that area, competing for a top four, top five spot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, that's it in terms of. Uh, transfers, you know, not a lot of crazy ones. I think the Deli Alley thing is one that I really have my eye on. I'm really excited to see how he plays. I think when Deli Alley's at his best, he is one of the, I mean, he's an unbelievable player. He has so much swagger when he's actually at the top of his game. 
Um, very flashy, a lot of flair, and capable of finishing the ball when you need him to. So I think Everton, um, honestly, maybe got a seal there. That was a free, and I think um, I, I actually know that Frank is extremely fond of him. I think bringing Frank in as manager was another fantastic move. I mean, uh, I'm a Frank Lampard apologist. I know you had to watch him at Chelsea. Um, I think he was great in his first season, and I think he... Just unfortunately got shit canned because that's what Chelsea do with managers, you know. Um, I think that he's probably learned from that what happened there. Um, I don't think he made all the right team choices, but I think he's going to do a great job with Everton. I'm extremely excited to see what what he has to offer. Yeah, it's always tough. Um, your first professional job as a manager is a team like Chelsea, one of the highest highest valued teams and with the highest expectations with one of the most ruthless owners in the world so and i think he was given more time than what most managers would have been given in his situation due to his um past as a player with the club him being a legend so i think he did a, like you mentioned that first year with a transfer embargo he did what he could with what the squad he had and he finished top four and that's what everybody wanted and the following year came and he he kind of did the same thing the previous year with the players he had and had a couple signings and it didn't go his way but i mean you could credit him in some way to winning the champions league along with what tt did picked up where he left off so i think he's a manager that that is still learning obviously and i think going to everton now is you can agree with me is a step down but there's not as much pressure on him now it's this it's more about survival and and just having the players play for the badge and and for the fans and just to show some character. I mean, that's what he's looking for. He wants these players to, to go out there and give their all, uh, and they'll stay up in the league. And I think next year, if he's still around, that's when the expectations are going to kick in for him. He'll be able to bring in more players that he wants and that fill his suit of philosophy. And I think I agree with you. Deli Ali can be one of the best signings of this of this uh, window. Um, being English and having a a relationship with Frank can be nice for him. They share uh, that that identity of central midfielders being attacking midfielders and being goal hungry. So I think he can get a lot out of Delhi and Von de Beek's a nice player in there too. He shows a lot of grit and I think it can only benefit Frank. So I think Everton is one of the big winners of the market overall. Um, I was going to ask you, for the areas of I already mentioned it previously before as we were talking through each team but like that the top four race and then the relegation teams mainly because the top three clubs didn't really do much we we saw Diaz and um, Alvarez be the big signings there Um, but with United West Ham Arsenal and Tottenham who do you think you can throw Wolves in there too. Um, who do you think has the strongest case right now with the squad they have to finish in that fourth position? Um, There's only well, four points separating from fourth to eighth. With the moves they've made, you would say, I guess you'd say Tottenham. No, yeah, they, they have. They have. They have games in hand over all those clubs. They yeah. played the least amount. Um, but, I mean, we've seen that Chelsea kind of exposed them a little bit in that work rate. And, I mean, that's a hard comparison because yeah. not never not every team's like Chelsea. And we, we, need, we still have that London derby to come, and that could prove to be a pivotal match in the year yeah. um, with both of you guys tied on points right now. But, yeah, I can definitely see Tottenham. I think um, I like Tottenham. United who are in fourth, I think those are the, the odds I like the least. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't think they're good. I don't think they're a very good side at all. I think West Ham has the is in the weakest position right now, yeah. obviously. I they, would say Arsenal or Tottenham, and Tottenham probably first. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd have to lean more towards United because yeah. I think Ronaldo is just that clutch factor, and we'll now see. that now that they've shrunk in the squad, now you have a more concentrated unit of players that will consistently play um, week in and week out. It's not going to be as much rotation for Ragnick to make now that 
um, those those if they played that four two three one or whatever they do. I think obviously Bruno's a given in the middle, but now you have a solidify four out there on the wings with Sancho, Rashford, Elanga, and um, Lingard now. So I think they have a good mix there to play week in and week out. It's all it's all going to depend on that the holding mids and how they do, and we we know how that's going to be. They're going to have their ups and downs. It's not like they're going to steamroll the rest of the year they're gonna have their flops against a, a crystal palace or or a, a burnley we know it's gonna happen but um i think they they now that they've strength not strength in their squad but solidified it i think they're in a better position than the rest yeah um i just i don't know man united uh they scare me um, yeah, it's tough. As I was saying that, it was kind of tough for me to say uh, that they stink. So like something just smells there. Something's not right. Um, Do you think we could see a Leicester bounce back? No, <laughs> I think that they're going to start to get guys back from injury, but I I don't think they finish much better than maybe eighth or ninth. I mean, wolves yeah. wolves just look they just look so much better than those two teams, even the three teams below them. You know. They've looked yeah. so much better than Brighton, and they're a wild card. Leicester City have been a wild card, but are probably erring on the side of been shit. And then Villa, same thing. I think that they've been disappointing. I don't think the the Gerard appointment is necessarily going to fix all of their problems. Uh, I don't. I don't want to blame Stevie G at all. I think he's done what he can. Um, but. Yeah, uh, that 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 four spot is is gonna be fought over for sure this year. Uh, I know Tottenham have a ton of points in hand, but I think you know I'm not I'm not sold on on how Arsenal are gonna look after this long break. I'm really not. I I worry, uh, and not having brought anybody in could be really good for them or it could be really bad for them. I, I I'm not sure yet. <clears throat> They do play really well as a unit. I mean, Mikel had them playing extremely well for a couple weeks in a row there. So I'm hoping that they can string some results here. You know, three wins in the last five. Pretty good. Same as Tottenham, actually. Same exact form. So uh, we'll see. But four will be a fight this season. Yeah. And then on the other end, um, I'd say I'm more interested in the relegation teams to be honest with how that finishes but i i have our predictions here back in august and i was gonna say our, our bottom threes and see if you agree with them still or if you would change them right now and i think we're both gonna change them after you hear this but for mine my bottom three in order were brighton norwich and then brentford and then yours are burnley brighton and norwich so out of those three teams, would you take anybody out and who would you put in there currently after the markets and everything going had, on? I had Burnley, Brighton, and Norwich. Yeah, those were your three in that order. Okay. Well, Brighton are obviously going to stay up. I was way off there. Yeah. I think Burnley goes down. I think Norwich goes down. And I think... Also, the, I think Watford the... goes down and I think Newcastle escape. Yes, because your your fifteen to seventeen is Newcastle, Watford, Brentford. So I think you did a good job in in that. Yeah, area. I was close. Um. So yeah. So you put Watford instead of Brighton. Yeah. 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 I would. I would keep Norwich there. Uh, Brentford, if they didn't have that hot start, they'd be in this mix, and they're slowly falling into that. So. I I might be in the minority, but I still think there's a chance they might drop into this battle. Oddly enough, because we obviously saw Everton bulked up, so they'll definitely jump Brentford. We saw Newcastle bulk up. We'd like to think they're going to jump Brentford. So that drops them down into that bottom five area. So I don't think they're out of the woods yet, me personally. Um, but <laughs> I'll... My phone. I, <laughs> I was like, Shrek. Oh my God, I know. Uh, obviously, I'm going to keep Norwich in there. We, we said Brighton's safe. Um, I do think Burnley are going to make it out. I think they make it out alive. So I think I think I'm going to keep Brentford in there and Norwich. And I think I like I th- I'm going to go with you. I might drop Watford in there as well. I just don't think they've spent their money 
I can't say they haven't spent their money wisely. They've tried their best. Like you said, they, I'd rather them spend the money than just not do anything. They've tried, but I don't think it's good enough. So I think we can agree on Watford there. But yeah, those those are the ones I wanted to ask you about. And I, I think it's funny. I, I, this is the first time I looked at our predictions in a while. And I think we, we, we have a couple teams in the right spots. And there's other teams that are like Brighton we have there are, are pretty far off. But um I remember last year in our predictions, I had West Ham finishing dead last, and then they came in six. So, um, and then obviously you guys, everybody listening, and Evan know I know nothing about West Ham with my prediction record. <laughs> so um, that yeah, you don't. When it comes to West Ham, don't ask me. But I think yeah, that's I think we're good there, and we can move on to the predictions for this these upcoming games, which I'm very hyped about. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's run into these. Um, I'm excited for things to get back. We have two, four, six, eight, nine games to no ten actually because there's a game on the fifth. Uh, ten games. Burnley versus Watford is the first game. This one stinks. I'm going with a draw. I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, um, we talk about teams being not haven't played in a while. Burnley have only played 18 games up to this point, whereas Chelsea have played 24. So that shows the amount of games they played. Um, the last two games, these teams played in the league. Burnley were the victors, both in shutouts, 3-0 and 1-0 respectively. Um, very low scoring affairs most of the time, but I think I think Watford need time. They We, they, we obviously know about the new manager bounce back. There's always an effect there. Um, I think Watford are going to have a lot of chances in this game. Burnley are going to be very solid. It's going to come down to set pieces. I think that weak defense. I think Weghorst is going to come out hot right away. Um, so I think Burnley get the dub here. Okay, fair enough. All right, Newcastle versus Everton up next. Oh, man, two clubs that have made a lot of moves. A new manager for Everton. I'm going to ride the boost. I think Frank and his new mob absolutely batter Newcastle. I love Everton to win this game. Yeah, this is the this is the first time these guys are playing this season. They haven't played each other yet, so um, it should be interesting. The last two times they met, Newcastle were the victors, so they have their number there. Uh, it's almost dead even overall in the history books. Everton have won 21 of the meetings, whereas Newcastle have won 20, and it's almost dead even on goals. So it's a very contested game here. Um, it, it suits it because both of these teams are trying to stay out of the relegation zone. Um we, we know Newcastle have done more business. They brought in more players, but I think Everton have brought in players that suit them better. They've bulked up that midfield, which I think we can agree on was their weakest spot, um, especially when it came to injuries. DeCorey was out for a while, and it showed. I don't know, man. I'm fucking torn here. I, if Everton haven't been the best at scoring goals, and Newcastle's defense has been the weakest, but I, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go with a draw here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, West Ham versus Watford up next. Watford only playing on three days of rest. I love West Ham to win this one. Didn't make a ton of moves in the window, but I still think that West Ham are going to come out and, and play a good game on a lot of rest. See, I feel like Watford aren't going to go on this like long run of L's. They, they're, they have, in their last five, they've gotten one drawn, four losses. <clears throat> Obviously, Ranieri's gone, but I think I think I have to agree with you and go. I, I feel like whatever I say here, it doesn't right. matter. Yeah, you're and probably have right. To, you're probably right. It's, I I don't want to agree with you because I feel like I I, oh, I don't want to say what I'm gonna say. I, I want to go with gonna, West Ham here, but push then, me. Oh my god! I feel like Watford can get something out of this. I think West Ham have been kind of fraudulent. I think I'm gonna go with a draw. Okay, you're going to go with the draw. All right, cool. It literally, it literally doesn't matter what I say. I know. Uh, Burnley up next. Another one. Just three days of rest for these teams, for, for Burnley and Watford, that is. They're taking on Manchester United at Old Trafford, I believe. I'm going to give this one to United. I'm going to give them the edge. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here, I think. Um, they're obviously going to play in the in the FA Cup. They have FA Cup tie, but... Man United's been dominant the last couple games. Um, they played back in December here, and Man United were 3-1 victors, and they looked absolutely great in this game. Um, 
Burnley were absolutely shot out of the water. Um, Ronaldo getting a goal. McTominay had a, a nice early goal for himself. I, I think that was the goal he took the shot away from Ronaldo, which is one of the ballsiest things you could do. Um, good fortunate for him it went in, but yeah, I think United um, have Burnley's number. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Norwich City versus Crystal Palace up next. This one I'm giving the edge to Palace. Could see a draw, but I think Palace um, are just a much, much better team than Norwich right now. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here. I think I think the the Zaha coming back is going to be massive. I think he's going to have to pick up after a disappointing result in the AFCON getting knocked out in the knockout rounds unfortunately for Nigeria but I think he's going to come back with a fire in his belly um Kuyate um Senegal uh, they are there in the final so he'll be playing I think on the went the sixth so a few days before this match is supposed to take place so he'll be fresh and ready to go so I think Crystal Palace are going to come out here on top as well yeah okay uh tottenham versus southampton up next tottenham i wonder if they'll be showing off their new shining uh signings shinings i think tottenham probably have the edge in this game uh but i'm actually gonna take a draw because something strange is afoot i think yeah, these guys played back in at the end of December as well. This was that match where um, Southampton took an early lead, and then um, Salisu got a red card late in the first half, and then it was all Tottenham. Tottenham had a goal via yard off um, from Harry Kane off the slightest of margins, and um, it was a disappointing result for Tottenham. So I think they're going to want to get this one back. I don't know how big of an impact those signings are going to be immediately. I think Conte has an idea of what he wants. Um, after a couple seasons with Inter Milan, um, playing against Juve. So he knows those players and what they can offer. Um, but I think Southampton's been one of the most resilient teams this year when it comes to defensive shape. Um, so I think I'm going to take a chance here with the Southampton win. I'm just not fully invested in South uh, in um, Spurs yet. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm not either. So Okay, up next, Manchester City versus Brentford. Did these teams tie earlier on in the season? It was a 1-0 Man City win. Okay, so it was a tight one. Um, I'm going to take City to win in a, an absolute blowout this time. Brentford used to keep it tight with good clubs. I don't think they're doing that anymore. I'm fully out on Brentford, which I've said many times, but I'm officially fully out for the 10th time on Brentford. I'm taking City to win in a landslide. Yeah, Man City had 76% per, uh, possession in that meeting, and uh, it was an early goal by Phil Foden in the 16th. But uh, Brentford matched them well when it came to chances, um, pretty much even there on shots on target, um, half on shots overall. But, yeah, we obviously know Man City is going to dominate the ball. That's just how it's going to be. And I think they pick up after a disappointing result against Southampton before the break. Yeah. Um, okay. Aston Villa versus Leeds United. That's a good one. Um, can see it going either way or being a draw. Really hate to pick games like this. But I think I'm going to go with Villa. I just think that they're a more predictable team. Uh, it's a more consistent product. You still don't really know what you're going to get with Leeds, although they've been more consistent than they used to be. Um, I'm going to take Villa in a tight one, but... Smart money is probably on a draw. I think this is a, a big moment for Coutinho to really spark things I, up. I agree. It's going to be a very wide open game, and I think um, with his abilities, he's going to be able to fill in pockets of space uh, left wide open for that man to man system that leads well. Yeah. All right. Uh, Liverpool versus Leicester City up next this game on the 10th. Uh, we, we talked, Matt asked me what I thought about a, a Leicester comeback. I don't think much of it. I think Liverpool will come out and, and have a good showing here. Mane will be back, um, from probably winning the African cup of nations. So I'm going to take Liverpool. Well, he, well, depending on on if Egypt wins tomorrow, uh, they it could be a Mane Salah final in the I half know, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited so, for that. 
Senegal's got a really strong squad as they well. Do. A lot of a lot of names that you know from top um top five um, leagues. Yep. So um, they're going to be heavy favorites in that game, I believe. But in this game in particular, I feel like Leicester going to have a lot of players back from injury. Um, if Johnny Evans can pull through from uh, injury problems, I think it's going to be a big boost for them. Um, as I say that, I'm looking here now. He's gone under the knife and had hamstring surgery, so he will be out until April. So I think they're going to be fucked, and I'm going to go with Liverpool. Okay, cool. That's, yeah. that's crazy how fast things can change. You heard me both. <laughs> I do that a lot. So, uh, Okay, up next we have Wolves and Arsenal. Uh, Thursday, February 10th. This is the other 245 game. Obligated to go with Arsenal. They are the favorite in this one. Um, but I think Wolves are a really, really good team. And I wouldn't be surprised if Wolves nick it. Um, I would take Arsenal or draw if you're a betting man. Uh, but just because of my own favoritism, I'm going to take Arsenal to win. They are also the club that I picked the best. So, you know, my favoritism served me well, I would say. Yeah, Arsenal is one of your better teams. Wolves are one of my better teams, but that was more early on in the year. I've been absolutely abysmal the past 10 weeks. I think I'm 2-8 and eight with Wolves. But yeah, I think I think they have a better structure than Arsenal. Um, but I think Arsenal are going to have a boost with um, Partey coming back. He's going to fill in there. I think Xhaka's suspension should be over, but I don't know. Oh. I, obviously, that's not going to be ha- good for you. Um Tamiyasu is going to be out though, so he won't be a lip available for the next couple games. So that's going to be your only miss. But um, this is this is a big game here for Lacazette. Um, he needs to pull through for you guys the remainder of the year before he leaves. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to rely on if Lacazette can put in the sitters that he gets from from um, Smith Rowe, who we forget has eight goals this year. Um, he's in the running for like uh, top three. Uh, most top scores. I uh, lost my thought there, but yeah, we forget how many goals this guy's scoring at such a young age, and he hasn't been starting that many games either um, recently. So um, it's really tough. I feel like this is going to be the second biggest game for me personally. I think that Newcastle Everton is one of the probably the number one game I want to watch. Um, obviously, two teams with a lot of new faces and new managers. Um, but yeah, I think. <sighs> I think I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with Wolves. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. go with Wolves. I think they're gonna nick one here. It should be interesting. It's I think it's a big boost for Arsenal. No Traore, so they don't have to deal with explosive pace. Um, but I think Wolves could nick one here on a set piece. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's very possible. Um, they're such a scrappy team and they're so solid. You really never know what you're gonna get. So, okay. Uh, that is everything. That's a longer episode for you guys, uh, about an hour and 10 minutes. I'm going to head downstairs to eat. Um, but I want to thank you guys for listening. Thanks for checking out the show. As always, make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the show wherever they have podcasts, mainly Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple podcasts or iTunes podcasts, whatever the fuck it's called these days. Okay, that's it from us. We will see you next week, and there'll be an NFL show out at some point this week probably. All right, take care, guys. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.